Witches Beat Max Dungeon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Jamie and Fortune's Beat Max Dungeon. Uh, my voice is probably going in and out a little bit because I'm on a rocking chair, so I'll be leaning back from the mic every now and again, so sorry about that. Um, uh, are you going to say hello, Jamie? Good, good evening, Mark. Hello, listener. Hy- hypothetical listeners. There's no hypothetical listeners, Jamie. We've had. We're into double figures, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, it's good to. It's good that we were out there. It's good that we had a few, literally a handful of listeners. And it's good to be back in the dungeon, Mark, you know, uh, with the Wall of Betamax tapes, the torture devices, yeah, and the chip pan. It's good. Well, what? Chip pan? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, there's a chip pan. Well, you know, look around you, Mark. I'm just. It's a little bit chilly out tonight, so I thought I'd take my seat this evening by the brazen bull, my favourite implement of torture. Okay, what happens with a brazen bull? Um, well, I think it's my favourite because it is truly diabolical. Um, it was invented by the ancient Greeks, but, you know, uh, they invented buggery, so what do you expect? Well, I don't think they invented buggery. What, the ancient Greeks? They didn't invent it. It was probably going on before the Greeks. No, they, they, they coined it. What do you mean coined it? They coined the phrase buggery. Well, I'm the act, I feel. What, so there's nobody was doing that before the Greeks? I, that's not how history remembers them, does it? I mean, <laughs> that's not how anyway, history remembers buggery. I, generally, the ancient Greeks are credited with discovering it. Yes, but... Or invented it. Did they discover it? I think they probably No, they're probably the it. first to write it down. Well, there you go. So they got the kudos. Um, so <laughs> fucking kudos. Well, you know, the, so the brazen bull... Right, anyway, carry on. It's fiendish. Mark. Right, we'll get to it. It's basically... I mean, it's, you can see it in front of you, obviously. It's a yeah, big, what am I looking at? It's a massive... Describe it to me, Jamie. It's a massive, huge, bronze bull. Yeah. Do they fill it with hot oil? No, no, no. Do they heat it up? Yeah. Do you want me to tell Oh, I'm getting excited. So, um, there's a door in it, yeah. So, and the idea is you open up the door, you whack in, you know, your victim, your disobedient slave, you know, whoever you want to torture, you whack them into the bronze ball. Um, Then seal it all up and light a fire underneath. Oh, so it cooks them? Yeah, basically roasts them. But the really, really horrible aspect of the bronze ball is that they, they created like an acoustic effect within the, the bull's head, yeah. so that when the poor bugger inside was roasting alive, his screams would sound like a bull snorting for, like, the people sat around enjoying it. It's horrible. So it was a torture device, a cooking instrument, a musical instrument, all in one. I don't think they ate them. What would they do with them? I don't know, it'd have been a bugger getting them out of it, wouldn't it, really, when you think oh, about it. A door on it. Do you know when you first said brazen yeah, but... ball, I thought you meant like a pub. <laughs> <laughs> We're sat by the brazen ball. We're <laughs> in a dungeon, Mark. What are you talking uh, about? You kept, from where you're sat, you can't quite see it because of all the, the big, huge pile of Betamax tapes that we've got here. Right. And that Iron Maiden that... Apparently that was never used. Well... It was used on Barbara Steele in Black Sunday. Yeah, but that's an imaginary thing, isn't it? It's, well, it's a film, but... Based on a true story? Yes. Based on witchcraft. Oh, dear. Where's the... Wow. What are we talking about? Today? Anyway, um, well, brazen balls and witchcraft, apparently. But um, we're going to put all that to the side. And we're going to talk about hillbillies. Is that a racist term now? Not to me. <laughs> What racist to people that no, live no, no, in no. hills? We'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. We're going to talk about Hills of Eyes, both the 1977 version, 78, wasn't it? 77, 78. 78. By, that, by that time, I think the UK release was 78. Oh, so right. I think yeah, you're right. I think it came out in 70, America was 77, 78 in the UK. It was a huge box office success in the UK, massively. More successful than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is basically the same thing. Well, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre never got a certificate, did it? Never got released. Never released it. Never got a cinema release in the seventies. Right. Was that seventy four? So it never it never got a certificate for a theatrical run. 
in this country. Um, in Wes Craven's first film, uh, Last House on the Left, yeah. similar, that got no release. So I think part of the success of Hills of Eyes was that, you know, these... Wes Craven's first film you weren't allowed to see, yeah. and the film that really heavily influenced it, which was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, people over here didn't get to see that either. Yeah. So I think when The Hills of Eyes come out, you know, your, your average horror fan was kind of eager to get a look in, I guess. Do you think it's fair that anybody from a city in America, do you think it's a fear of rural America while they make these films? Because there's a whole slew of them. In the you 70s, got, though, you? Well, you've got, you got up to, you know, you've got Texas Chainsaw, Hills of Eyes, Wrong Turners, any number of them. Wrong Did Turn the, was later. Yeah, it was later, but it's still Se- the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was a lot later, but I, for that, I think that 70s run, it was a very kind of survive, sort of like real survival horrors, weren't they? So it's like Texas Chainsaw, Deliverance, I would put in that sort of bulk, you know, hillbillies. Yeah. Deliverance is pretty disturbing still. Um, but that's all part of that kind of, it's part of the genre, which I'm a fan of. It's very much kind of like, uh, uh, savage man versus civilized man in how uh maybe in order to be savage man civilized man has to become savage do you think i know we'll probably get onto the remake a bit later but do you think the uh, big bob is a blatant republican <laughs> and doug is just a uh, he's a democrat isn't he? well i mean if we're talking about the res res Craven original, they're not really. They're more. In, they're more distinct. Their their political standpoints, I think, are more distinct in the remake. Uh, I think it just plays that up more. Whereas I think in the original, yeah, you could see that. I mean, Bob is obviously a, a gun-toting family. I don't even think in the original you discover that he was a cop. Do you? Yeah, he does say he was a cop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he had... I'm misremembering. That's, that's why he had, like, 50 guns. They did have a lot of guns. They did have a lot And of he'd guns. obviously trained his kids to use them. Well, he trained his kids to use them. He trained his dogs to fucking... Oh, his dogs were badass, weren't they? Well, one of them was. The other one got... One of them was insanely badass. The other one was well, a bit of a One of them was doing stuff you wouldn't expect it to do. Yeah. Like a... Oh, yeah. He was almost like a lassie level of family pet. Yeah. Um, I know what bit you're thinking of. What bit are you thinking of? <laughs> well, he brings the walkie-talkie. That was the bit I was thinking. But why would he take the walkie-talkie? Exactly. Dog? What the hell is he thinking? <laughs> well, he's a dog. He doesn't. And why does he? Why does the dog do that thing where he leaves the walkie-talkie by the door, then goes off and hides, and then he jumps on Doug for just a really pointless kind of? It's Don't a variant you. on the cat scare, isn't it? It's a like a, and you can tell it's just like a fluffy something just thrown at him from off camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, sticking with the 1977-78, what we should call it, the original. Um, the original Hills of Eyes. I, had, I, I love the tagline for it as well, by the way. The lucky ones died, died first. first. It's hard not to say it without trying to do the trailer man voice when you say it. The lucky, the lucky ones died <laughs> fucking young. The lucky ones died first. Died first? Lucky the hills have eyes. Oh dear! I couldn't. I'm not the trailer man, but it, it. Wes Craven didn't like the title. Apparently, they hit on the title late, and he, Wes Craven didn't weren't really a fan of it. What did he want to call it? Well, I don't know. They they had loads of options, but I don't. I I, I couldn't even find out. I maybe should have researched more, but I couldn't even find out what the working title was. So, I mean, it was so low budget and so kind of sort of. Not rushed as such, but um, four months it took to film. Yeah, they just sort of got on for, it, didn't they? For a, a cheapo horror flick in the seventies, I don't know whether that's a lot of time or not. Well, all that cheapness is right there on the screen as well. I mean, some of those actors—they must have literally spent seconds in yeah. a makeup chair. Oh yeah, who's the main bag? Papa Jupiter. Papa Jupiter. He's got a fucking most horrendous sometimes it's makeup. Not, sometimes it's not there. You know, it's like later on in the film when he's running through well, the desert. Tell me what you're talking about. What? 
Tell the people what you're talking about. I'm talking about the scar on Papa Dupe's nose. Because he's, he's done it. <laughs> he's done it with a face with a tie iron. That is, that is so weirdly specific as yeah. well. That... Well, yeah, I don't understand what it's, it's basically is. His dad is married to a beautiful lady. They have a beautiful daughter. Then they give birth to a behemoth son. He's really hairy. He's really hairy. hairy and bastard. They, they split his wife into she was when he was born. I guess that was all the hair. And did, he, like, did he kill the daughter when he was ten? I think he did. Yeah, he, d- he killed the daughter when he was ten. So his dad, instead of like getting the authorities involved or doing the right thing, hit him in the face with a tire iron and just left him in the desert. Yeah, you wonder why they didn't just ring, ch- you know, like ring someone, <laughs> ring put him in the care, wouldn't you? He's it's too much of a handful. I don't. Well, he's I mean, killed my daughter. He's killed my wife. What were his teachers at school saying? Where were they? Were they on the scheme? Scene? I mean, did he have a social worker? I mean, did they have schools out there? I'd love to have seen how it played out when Fred, which is the garage guy, walks the young Jupiter out into the desert. Is he called Jupiter then, or is he called Dad? Well, I don't know. But we, I mean, he basically takes his son out into the desert with a tire iron. I mean, how would that have played out? It's kind of like. You know, gee, Dad. Gee, Dad, I think I was just murdered my sister. Well, yeah, we're, where are we going? You know, we're, we've we're been walking going. in the desert for a while now. We've <laughs> going a long way from the house. Yeah. Why are you carrying that tyre iron? Yeah, I can't help but wonder, Dad. Why have you got that tyre iron? You must have drove him out, surely. But that would make more sense why with didn't the tyre iron. Why did he stick around? What, to make sure he was dead? Well, no, why didn't... What, what was Jupiter doing for fucking... 30 years. Well, yeah, I know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you analyse it. It also doesn't make sense that Jupiter hooks up with an alcoholic prostitute and then he go off and live in the... He's a kidnapper. Well, you know, she... Stockholm Syndrome or whatever, she's with him by the end, but... um, But she's still a bloody alcoholic. And it's like, if they're savages living in caves and they're desperate... I mean, they've seen pretty desperate people. Where is she getting her bottles of J&B from? Well, from Dad. <coughs> the old fella. Because they're robbing people and giving him the, well, the, the jewellery and the cameras and stuff. That's more explicit in the second one. I don't know that that's really... Well, that's why he sends them down the shortcut. That's in the, in the first the... one. You don't, Fred tells them to not no, she, go... He, 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 he didn't, doesn't he say something? And then he goes, oh, right. Then he sends him down the shortcut. And you think, oh, he's just fucked him. Something happened. A similar thing must have happened. I don't remember it like that. I big, remember big him Bob telling him to not, to not go that way. I, and Bob wants to go that way because of a silver mine, which is different in the remake as well. Because in the remake, it's, it's more heavily implied in the remake that, that it's like a nuclear testing ground, isn't it? And there's a different reason from... I think it is just literally a shortcut in the second one. Yeah. Whereas in this one, Bob wants to check out the old family silver mine. Mm. Which seems a random... But why would you have... You wouldn't take the family with a baby out well, the They were going to San Diego, weren't they? Well, yeah, but what a shit way to go. What a shit way to go. Well, it was a really Let's shit go through this nuclear testing site. It was one of... Wait, but it w- I don't think it was in the original. No, it was just it a military uh, it was kind a military of... zone, wasn't it? Yeah. Because he said oh, they're just using it as a shooting range. It's a pretty uh it's a pretty comical series of events that leaves the car that leads to the carters crashing in the first place. Yeah, because it's it's just low flying aircraft, isn't it? Well, there's low flying aircraft and then the map inexplicably Blows up into Big Bob's face, yeah. like re- you know, inexplicably. Well, they've just been—they're going down a bumpy road, man. Yeah, but it, uh, maps don't move like that. When was the last time you had a fucking map in a car? How uh, do you know? Well, I just know that maps don't. I, mean, I don't know. It just seems unlikely. So the yeah, map's unlikely. It's pretty unlikely. Low flying aircraft. Map blows up, yeah. and then there's a rabbit in the road. <laughs> <laughs> the rabbit was funny. <laughs> but he's a, he's, a, he's a big Republican. Why don't you just go straight he's, over he's, it? Yeah, um, was, uh, he should have shot it. I don't know why you're trying to avoid it. it, it he's obviously not that re- Republican because he did veer away from... He didn't want to kill the animal. So, you know. That's one thing my dad told me when I passed my driving test. You ever see a rabbit in the road, just run it over. I was like, oh, right. 
I've almost put my car off the road trying to put the car off the road. I wouldn't want to hit a rabbit. Unless it had Mixie, in which case I would drive towards it. Why would you not have Mixie? Hmm? Well, it'd have like pink eye and be. It, they're all they're fucking blind, aren't they? And they're all a bit like. Oh, you could tell that by one by one running at. if I get one good look in his eye, mate, I can tell. You look them in the eye, and they're, when they're in the road, they're like that, and they all they are is like ears in like a big scared <sighs> eye. I haven't got time to diagnose whether. How fast are you going? I take. I'm just about thirty everywhere I drive. Well, we don't mind. I haven't got time to fucking diagnose a fucking rabbit when I'm driving at 60 down the road. But no, I would avoid... I don't, you know, I don't want to run anything over. So, yeah, so that's how the carters go off the road. Unfortunate. Um, of course, then... they Yeah, so they have... What if they hadn't broken down? Would they have just driven through? Or would they have just got to the dead end? Yeah, you kind of... Yeah, you wonder what, what the... the cannibal families they didn't they weren't that organized were they i think that was more rectified in the remake yeah in this one it's you kind of wonder what was i mean it was pure luck that the rabbit aircraft and fluttering map yeah drove them off the road <coughs> so yeah you do wonder what how they would have originally got them where they wanted but it always seems it's one of them films where geography and distance is just like bullshit. Because well, what do you mean it's bullshit? Well, because Big Bob goes back to the gas station, which is supposed to take ages. It takes it. We said well, in the second one it was eight miles, wasn't it? Yeah, it was eight miles back. But then, but you don't know how long they've been driving to get to that garage. Well, yeah, but yeah, and then you're also not that sure where the family camp is from. I mean, when they first attack, I don't know, you just kind of have the impression that they're nearer than they are. And then the next morning, when they set out to go yeah, back and they, finish what, them What if they put another mine up the road? Well, it just seems real vague. Because like, when Jupiter gets Big Bob and then takes him out to that tree, he seems to get back and do all that in quite a quick time. I mean, it's not... I don't know. I'm picking well, the heads. One, in, the, in the remake, they take him through the mine, which is a shortcut itself, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just going to get a drink now. Okay, can you get me one as well, please? Yeah. I'll have an alcohol-free lemonade. What? What? We don't quite understand... You're talking about distances now. Do you think we don't quite understand the remoteness of somebody's in somebody's films when they're fucking miles away from anywhere because over in England we're never that far away from anywhere really unless you're in the fucking Highlands of Scotland you're not that far away really yeah I think some British films do try to convey that sense and well some are better at it than others but yeah you're, you 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 kind of always feel in this country you're never more than two miles away from a Greg's yeah you know so yeah, but then some even American films. Some films give you that sense of the the protagonist being really remote, better than other films. I'm not sure that The Hills of Eyes was a great. I think it was better in the second in the remake. Yeah, the remake you had more of a sense that they were really out on their own. This one, I don't know. This one did just. I think it was maybe more down to the um, the budget and stuff, but it just it didn't. It, it looked like it was parts of it that like it was shot on a quarry. Yeah, and it sort of see, it just feels a bit small scale, doesn't it? I guess. Well, it's not cinematic, is it? it, it yeah. Um, I know what you mean. It's not got that Hollywood sweat all over it that they put in. Yeah. Films in Hollywood now. But um, I think it was alright. The makeup was a bit ropey. A bit ropey. Yeah, the makeup was a bit ropey. The makeup, the makeup's terrible, and the continuity is terrible because. That that makeup disappears in different, you know, when at the end when Papa Jupe and Pluto were running through the, like running towards the, the camper van at the end, it it, it isn't there. It just it isn't. You can pause it, and he does not have the whack on his face. Yeah, it just looks like a normal guy. But um, um, in their they 
the whole cannibal family looked terrible. Um, of course, the the true icon of the film, the really scary presence, is um, Michael Berryman. Pluto. The guy's awesome. Is he, the, is he the only survivor? No, he gets killed by Beast. Well, he is. He, well, he does survive. He does. Well, he just gets left. He just get left for dead. Yeah, I mean the dog pretty much savages. Ju- Jupiter sees him after, doesn't he? And he's just pointing at his ankle, and his ankle's fucked. No, that's late. That's that's earlier on. And what then Jupiter carries on, and Pluto is sort of bringing up the real at the rear, <laughs> as I should say. Um, and he's yeah, that's the one good, almost almost good bit of makeup gore in the film is when Pluto's been bitten on his Achilles heel <laughs> by Beast. Beast the super dog. Yeah, and then later on it's a rabbit. Pluto is the Pluto and Beast have a bit of a face off. Pluto thinks the dog is in a bush, but it's a rabbit. Yeah. Presumably the same, same rabbit, rabbit that took the fucking car. The same one rabbit. The same, same rabbit. The same rabbit. The same rabbit in New Mexico desert. Yeah. It, like in it, like it's a rabbit scare on Pluto, and then Beast attacks him. I think we're led to believe he's dead, but then you know, spoiler alert, as we do find out, there's a sequel. Yeah. And he's in that. Um, you've seen the sequel. I've seen the sequel a very, very long time ago. I can't remember too much of it. I remember it was absolute arse and the dog has a flashback and there's motorbikes involved. Yeah, it was like they were trying to sort of... um, They were sort of trying to draw in the lucrative kickstart audience of the time because it was made with English money. It was UK backing. It was like a UK video label. Right. It said... Because it was such a success over here, it was really big over here. Yeah. Um, in a uh, a video label, can't remember the name. It might have been Palace, or I might be wrong on that. But money was put up from. It might have even been Canon, but the, basically, the money come from the UK to make another one. Um, yeah. and I I mean it was Wes Craven, but you feel like he was really kind of on autopilot for it. I mean, I mean. So much of the second one is just flashbacks. It makes it about thirty percent of the film. Yeah, it's just flashbacks to the first one. It really kind of. I don't understand. Why is the dog having a flashback? Why are any of them having flashbacks? Why is the dog there? Well, the dog is there in the sequel. I can't. I can't remember it. Well, it's really bad. But I'm pretty sure um, Bobby from the first film, who is. I haven't written his name down. I can't believe it. Don't worry about it. Can't remember the actor's name. The him with the short shorts and the blonde hair. Yeah, like yeah. generic American. Yeah, he's he was badly cat. He, I'm sure he's an older bloke trying supposed to be playing like basically a sixteen year old, and he looks about twenty five. Yeah. Well, anyway, in the sequel, him and Ruby, who is now called Rachel. And it's, just, it's the same actress as what? well. Ruby. Yeah. You know, the the cannibal savage hillbilly that comes good at the end. Yeah. She's played by Janice Blythe. Jan, 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 Janice? Janice Blythe? Yeah. Uh, and she's called Ruby, inexplicably, because it doesn't even really fit into the planet naming that seems to be going on. You've got Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, Pluto. Oh, what are we going to call the girl? Ruby. It's like now they're going on to like well, precious of, gems. Yeah, but none of them are fucking girls' names, are they? What, Ruby? No, the planets. Venus? They call her Venus. They could have called her Venus, yeah. They blatantly call her Venus. What it's are you talking about? One, isn't it? Well, well they only have one. Venus. They could call they the could girl. But his wife. The second girl they could have called Ruby. The wife was Mama. She was just the drunk prostitute lady who managed I mean they're desperate cannibals they're real fighting for survival she ain't fighting for survival look at the size of her for god's sake she's been eating well well she's been eating people (laughs) (laughs) I think they need to share it out a little bit more she's been eating fat Americans I mean if they're in real survival conditions that we're supposed to believe she just seems to be doing all right. And she's always literally always got a bottle of J and B in her hand. Um, yeah. So uh, the girl that plays uh, Ruby, which is Janice Blythe, she's back in the second one. Yeah. Right. Uh, with Bobby. And, 
I don't know that she's with. I don't know, I don't know that she's with Bobby, but her and Bobby have got like a a motorbike team, like a I, I don't know what. Yeah, like a t- a scrambler team. Right. So I think they're riders. I, I'm going off my memory here, by the way. Right. This was a long time ago, sorry. But they're involved in like a bike team. Yeah. A sporting scrambling bike team. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and Bobby, they're going to go back to the desert to do some scrambling on, why? Their, on their bikes. Yeah, why would they go back there? Because they've got scramblers. Wouldn't they go, well, we have a bit of a shit time over there. Well, this is the thing. Bobby doesn't go back. Oh. So Bobby's in like the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and his psychi- I think his psychiatrist says to him, you know, Bobby... I think it'd be really good for you to go back to where that horrible trauma happened, where your <laughs> where, where your mum and dad died, and then you had to use your mum in that like her dead body in that like bizarre trap you say at the end. Yeah, you have to go back to that place. <laughs> That's where you need to go back to. I think it would be really good for you. In Bobby, it's like, no, you're mental. Yeah, Bobby didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby no, I can't go back there. No, you can't, which, you're not going back there. You fucking yeah. Idiot. Which so yeah. He's written out of it after ten minutes. Yeah, but that's an unusually bit of like good common sense, isn't it? On behalf of a horror film character, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, fuck it. No, I ain't going. And you just don't. I, I'm pretty sure you don't see him again. I think that's it. He's there for the first ten minutes. So in the end, uh, Ruby goes back. Yeah, and she takes Beast, um, which is now her dog. Right. Um, but still, there would be with her. Like, why am I going back to exactly the fucking same place? Well, she has. They, they have got scramblers. Oh, well, if they got scramblers, then yeah, normal, fine. You mean they've got scramblers? I don't know. Well, what the fuck? I know it's crazy. Well, it doesn't make many, a whole hell of a lot of sense. How many more hillbillies were in it? Um, it's not just Pluto right there, limping about. No, Pluto's back, and that one called the Reaper, who's basically. I think he's called the Reaper. Uh, he's basically the new Papa Dupe. You just say, I don't think he's been whacked in the face of a tyroid. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yeah. That comes later. I can't really remember all that much about it. I can remember dominant, it terribly fucking terrible. There's a lot of flashbacks and a lot of scrambling action. You know, if you're into s- scramblers... Are they called scramblers? They call them scramblers. I used to in the seventies. Got scrambling me. But this was eighty one. Well, right? your mate round the corner had a scrambler. Somebody on the Eisenhower had a scrambler. <laughs> didn't they? And your well, mum said, "Never go on that fucking motorbike." This is why in nineteen eighty one they made yeah. the Hills of Eyes too um, because of Kickstart. I th- I think that had a debt. Did he was that Pete Purvis? Was it Pete Purvis? Was it Pete Purvis doing that? And there'd, be that, yeah, and there'd always be that sad sack who'd get stuck on that. Oh, I used to love it. I used jumping to over the oh. fucking log and you couldn't quite... You had to do the bunny hops up the hill and it's like, fuck, he's never going to get up there, poor Ken. But they just kept the camera on him for an hour. It was... it was. Alfred safety's out the window. It was brilliant television, though, wasn't it? And you, didn't you always sit and watch it hoping that one of them was really going to come across? <laughs> of course it did. That's why... <laughs> it was made for fail TV, wasn't it? It was... It's just you weren't interested if they got around brilliantly. It's like I, I always watch the horse riders and watch one, one of them come across. It's like I, you know, I don't like bullfighting. I fucking I think it's appalling. But I'll watch it if, in case a fucking matador gets bored at gold in the anus. Because that's the best bit. How can you watch it in the hope that a matador might get? Generally, no, I'll, I'll watch it if if. If if, I, if, yeah. if he gets good. if I know there's a clip coming on because generally the bull loses. Yeah, yeah. You know that, right? yeah. Yeah, I get that. We've got a real ball theme going on tonight. Well, yeah, we've got brazen ball. We've got a pub called... It's toasty. Nice. There's a ball up there. You haven't stuck anyone in it, have you? No, no, He's not with. He's not, like, snorting like a ball yet. No, 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 no. We'll turn the podcast (laughs) off the next day. Um, I'd have to sort out all the fucking levels and everything. I ain't doing that. (laughs) We'll leave him in the shed for the moment. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the remake. Okay, have we? So are we done with? The... Yeah, we've done half hour on that. Let's talk about big. There are some. I. I. Yeah. I mean. Right, go on then. Fire. Fire through you. Well, I, I mean, the 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 acting. Oh, it's appalling. It's appalling. Um, 
Like, and, and, oh, we should mention Dee Wallace as well. Who I'd actually kind of forgotten that she was in this movie. Um, and I mean, she re- she was a really early eighties real go to actress, really, for well, kind of a, sympathetic yeah. mums. Um, I mean, she's an ET. The uh, Howling, Cujo, and she ended up sort of being a bit typecast, really. Yeah, she, she was always the sort of. She did the Halloween remake as well. I'm going to be straight to them. Oh, really? Yeah. Which one? The Rob Zombie remake. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, she gets butchered made badly. Oh. I didn't know that. Or I'd forgotten. Well, you were said to forget the forget film. She yeah. is in a lot of Rob Zombie films. She was in Free from Hell. Yeah, but he, he liked terrible. He liked casting. He liked casting sort of those classic. Yeah, let's not talk about Bob Zombie. We did all that last week. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's not talk about him, mate. Yeah, I, we should never talk about Rob Zombie again, Mark. No, never. In um, in tears. But yeah, but I, I've never seen any other actor apart from Michael Berryman and Dee Wallace in anything else from that film. Which I yeah, I think James Whitworth. The name rings about Jupiter. Yeah, I think he was like a big muscle, like a big. Uh, he always played a, like a heavy in a gangster film. This is a lot of sort of like westerns. I got a yeah. he was in quite a lot of. Um, the uh, the mum Ethel Carter was played by Virginia Vincent, and I mean, she ba- as soon as Bob gets barbecued, she just basically loses oh, she's it, doesn't she? That's that's it. So that's not my Bob. That's, that's not, not my. <laughs> that's not my Bob. Yeah. So, I mean, you wonder how realistic. I mean, the seventies had quite a backward view of mental health, didn't they? Do you know what I mean? And how people kind of reacted. In, um, I mean, oh, it's not supposed to be realistic, is it? Well, to to a degree. I mean, I I, I tell <laughs> you what, mean it's realistic. Well, it's not really fucking mutants living in the hills. Or is there? Well, I don't know. Or I don't know, there might be. Um, but I mean, the other thing I kind of felt as well, I mean, it, I mean, it's heavily implied, but it's not all that clear in the original that Brenda is raped. Really? I mean, yeah, you kind of... Well, yeah, I think it is. Basically, it, it didn't seem as explicit or as kind of... Well, they um, kind of over-explained it in the remake. They didn't have to show what quite Yeah. I, the remake somehow managed to be even more kind of bit sleazier, didn't it? Oh, Which I kind of like. You'd think it was difficult with all the polishness of it. Yeah. But they managed to make it sleazier. I mean, in the, the remake, there's the whole... They add that whole thing in where Doug is kind of leering at the younger sister a bit. Was he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of leering going on by Doug in that. Aaron Stanford. Yeah, he's leering the shit out of her. Is he? She's, well, she's sunbathing. Well, she's a beautiful young lady. See? Every, <laughs> the whole audience was leering as well. well. Doug, Doug definitely gives the sister the eye. I think Ted the... Levine's great in it, Big Bob. Is it Ted Levine? Yeah, it is Ted Levine. Ted Levine? Do his Ted voice. Levine? Ted Levine. Oh, well, I... he's got a great voice. Has what? he not got the... What? What? <laughs> what? Wait a she a great big fat person? Wait a minute, is she a great big fat person? Don't say if an FBI agent comes to your door looking for a missing girl. Yeah, don't ask. Don't don't say. Was she a great big fat person? Because that's going to be a huge red flag, isn't it? To even a trainee FBI agent yeah. like Clarice Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> How does he get that deep in his normal... When he's asking for sugar in his coffee, is that what he sounds like? It sounds like a put-on voice. <laughs> he sounds a bit like Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy could have been Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> yeah, but ten, yeah, but when Tom Hardy does it, it sounds like he's putting it on. When Ted Levine talks, it's just his normal voice. It's like I'm sure there's some people that can't hear that range of bass. They've got a fucking weird he, tune in. He has got a. He has actually got a pretty good range as an actor, really, Ted Levine. When you think you've, you know, when you, I mean, he first really registered. Sorry, with me, yeah, and I mean, 
the, the character he was playing in that compared to Big Bob. Oh, he's I mean, the polar opposite. Yeah, yeah. Being oh, yeah, opposite. yeah. Um, <laughs> and there's all these moths flying out of the door as yeah. well as he stood there wearing like a kimono. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of red flags there. I, you know. <laughs> Anyway, he's he's great as big Republican Bob. Yeah, that like you said, that's made more obvious. I I think the remake is a lot better at establishing the characters, and I think you even care about the characters more in the. the I think remake. you care about Big Bob, even though you care about him more, but even though he's a a big blustery ex cop who's clearly a fucking lives in the world where he's a fucking patriarch and he's not racist though. Whereas in the original, yeah, I mean, I know it was yeah. made in nineteen seventy seven, but. Back when it was okay to be racist? No, but it was people were a bit more throwaway about yeah, it then. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? It he he may not have been a racist, but he may have said things that were a bit. Hang on, by today's standards, we wouldn't say. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not apologising for 1977 Big Bob, but he he was a racist. <laughs> no, the point is dead. I know it was made it more explicit that he was actually crucified to that tree. What, in the original? Yeah, you see him hammering up nails into his hand. Yeah. Whereas this one, you just don't see, you just see, he's, suddenly he's tied up on the fucking cactus, whatever it is. I think you, 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 see, you really sort of get the sense that he's going up more in the remake, don't you? I mean, he's, yeah. you feel like he's really on fire. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty visceral. Um, and where they, the, they check the tyre thing out to, to crash the car in a specific place, it changes the whole fucking thing. I can't remember that, but you're going to have well, to... Well, do you know in the original there was a rabbit and a map and a fucking aeroplane? Oh, yeah. Well, this is a homemade stinger. And it was a st- they slung out a stinger yeah. to pop the tyres. Because they could do that in a specific area, so they know where they exactly where they were going to be. Yeah, which makes more sense. It makes way more fucking sense. You know, they sprung the trap. Yeah. Um, the, re- the, the cannibal family in the remake, well, I mean... They're even more 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 than a family, aren't they? They're much more it's of a, a community, isn't it? Yeah. Um and they're a much they, they don't more, stick with all the fucking planet names either. No, one of them's called Boggle. There's Boggle, Goggle, Goggle. It's Goggle, not Boggle. Goggle and Boggle? No, it's Goggle. Where's Boggle? It's Goggle. Where's Goggle? Because he's got the goggles. Where? That's what they call him Goggle because he's got, he's got goggles. Fucking, he's got the fucking goggles. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Fucking hell. So <laughs> we may not even know his real name. They were no. just saying, "Where's Goggles?" He's got Where's the nose. guy? They've obviously the... cut. When he was born, he had no nose, so they just cut slits into his face. I didn't pick up on any of this. What do you mean he had no? He was born with no nose. He's got no nose. They cut fucking slits in his. He's got no nose. Goggle. Yeah, the one that kills beauty. But the beast. The around. But the beast have goggle. <laughs> what beast has goggles? Yeah, the same way that be- it's Mercury. It's Mercury, it? yeah. yeah, it's Mercury in the remake. No, it's Goggle. It's Goggle. Yeah. Okay. You got Puppet Jupiter, and it's not Mars. It's Lizard. Oh yeah, played by the brilliant Robert Joy, who um, he was also in George A. Romero's Land of the Dead. He's really yeah. good in Land of the Dead. Um, and he was also in one of my favourites. He was a regular in uh, The Equaliser. Was he? Edward Woodward. Was he? Yeah, he was, yeah. He was, he was, like, he, uh, he was like his buddy. He would help him out occasionally. Oh, well, is he like the... I think he might have been a copper. Bear. No, 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 no. No, not quite like that. He wasn't like an informant. I think I think he helped him out. He was like a PI or a cop or something oh, like that. Right. Um, I meant as a fun, like, recurring character. Not as a... Well, Huggy Bear was more of a recurring character. Huggy Bear was in every episode. I'm not sure Robert Joy was in every episode of The Equalizer, is what I'm saying. He might have came in, like, a later series. The other thing I didn't quite understand about the remake was... Uh, Papa Jupiter's in two scenes, is it? Yeah, you don't register at all in the remake. That's that's one fumble, isn't it? That, yeah. Um, he, kill, he gets Big Bob in a car. Yeah, and you're not. You're you, not really you, you, it's in shadow, really isn't it? Yes. Shadow. So you can't really see it's him. Um, yeah, and then right at the end, very very briefly. Turns right. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's quite, quite brutal. Yeah. yeah. 
It's Billy Drago as well. He was in. Um, He's in loads of stuff. In uh, the Untouchables. He's another fascinatingly ugly man. Isn't he is astoundingly ugly. Yeah, but there's something about him. You know what I mean. I'm glad I don't look like him, but yeah. he's got a face. Do you know I what I mean? Tall, I don't know how tall he is either. Yeah, I don't know how tall he is. Do you think it's fair? What do you think about this? Uh, I'm going to keep banging on about it. What do you think about the the mutant aspect of it? Because they're proper fucked up, aren't they? Yeah, it's good. But the other the other dodgy scary bit, the other dodgy bit when Big Brain played by Desmond Askew, who was in uh, uh, Great Joe. Yeah, yeah. So, he's, well, you told me that the other day. I didn't know that. He was in... I guess I can't oh, I worry about it. When... Um, oh, I do worry about it. it. Doug walks in on him, and he just does a little fucking exposition. Yeah, he does, yeah. And I said, why would you do that? Well... What else is he gonna do? He can't, he can't get up and run away or anything. He's just a big head in a basket. It's not a big head in a basket. Well, he's on like a pram. <laughs> what are you talking he, about? Well, he's just a big head, isn't he? He can't get his head's so big he can't move. His head's massive. Yeah, like like really big. I think I don't think his neck could support the size of his. I head. I don't know why they stayed there. Apparently, it was a mining town, and they didn't want. They had the choice to leave, and they didn't leave. Yeah, I bet. I bet they wish they had now. Looking back on it, I bet they were like, "Yeah, shit, we're all mutated as fuck, and you know, we eat people. (laughs) Mutated as fucking eat people. Well, they that's (laughs) they are. Um, Yeah, they probably think, yeah, maybe we should have just gone and moved into the prefab housing that the county council and then we'd have been alright. Yeah, they took. I'll tell you what they could do: stop having fucking kids. I feel that um, uh, Doug has m- much more of an arc in the remake. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, he, he get, really goes on a journey. Um, in, in the original, in, and he's a bit of a poindexter, isn't he? Well, he, st- he is all the way through it. The bit at the end where he's fighting with Mars, I mean, he can't even run. Like, you know how you sent me the other day how he was like, in your mind, he was like the stereotypical white guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> I think they did that. He's, if there's like, if there's a, what I was explaining to Jamie is, if there's a, uh, an 80s black or white comedian doing the old hacky white guys do this and but black guys do it this way, he'd be the white guy in my head when they were telling those jokes. Yeah. He's, 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 he's almost Ned Flanders. He's very much like Ned Flanders. He can't run, he doesn't know well, how to run no, properly. No, he can't run properly. He's, he is, it's just continual falling over. Is what he's, he's still doing. a bell end in the remake at the beginning. He comes back with a load of fucking fishing gear, doesn't he? From yeah. It's, why, why does he bring it through the fucking desert? Why have you brought fishing gear? Yeah. Uh, that is the remake, isn't it? Yeah. I don't, he doesn't bring a lot back in the original. Yeah, I think he just says. He just loads of a rope or some of it. But you don't even, you don't, in the original, you don't even see him. Yeah. You don't see him discovering. The great the car graveyard either. That's only in the second one, where it's in the crater, isn't it? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, he has a, a and he gets he put gets put in a freezer with a load of fresh or a fridge with a load of fresh limbs. Oh yeah, that's the where have them limbs come from and how long have they been in there? That's that is the remake, isn't it? Yeah. Well I but then in the garage, there's some fresh. You get the feeling that it's one just had happened, just gone yeah. through because yeah. there's that. The finger looks pretty. Is it a severed finger he finds in the burger carton, styrofoam burger carton? Yeah. Well, that could have been those uh, scientists at the beginning. Is that the first one or is that the second the first one? one? That is the first one, isn't it? Yeah, I do like the. I I'd have to say I think I prefer the remake. I mean, it. it um. Do you think there's a significance in um, after he's had the fight with Pluto, which is fucking mental, really? Ah, oh, it's a great fight. And he gets fucking fingers chopped off. I, made my, I nearly fucking jumped out my seat in the cinema when I watched that. It's good. That fucking blunt axe chopping his fucking fingers off. Yeah, oh, yeah. Made me, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. 
And then Pluto- he, go, he goes, he goes, he kills Pluto. He goes outside. There's uh, is he Pluto? In he is Pluto. He in is that. Pluto. That is yeah. Pluto, isn't it? In the, yeah. He's way more terrifying than Michael Berryman. Oh yeah. I I'm at the point now in my life where I generally find Michael Berryman pretty endearing. He's very endearing. He's got lovely eyes. I've met him. What happened when you met him? I shook his hand. He autographed my glossy photo. Yeah. I gave the. Is he still alive? Michael Berryman? I think he is, isn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Michael Berryman's alive. He's got to be ridiculously old now, hasn't he? He, um. He he was just a ever. He was a really charming bloke, actually. Really nice to to meet him. Um. Yeah. And he signed. uh, He signed my. It was basically the the picture I got him to sign was basically the poster of the Hills of Eyes. Yeah. Uh, and he just signed it to Jamie. Let's go camping, Michael Berryman. That's quite sweet, isn't it? I mean, yeah, chilling. I want to go fucking camping with a guy. I know that. <laughs> you wake, you wake up in the night and he'd be eating me. I do remember that. Sounds sinister or sexual? What? Sinister, Mark. <laughs> it's sinister. Do you think, I mean, you've got films like that, you've got Wrong Turn. What do you think about Wrong Turn, just while we're, while we're at it? That type of, type of genre. Oh, well, I enjoy them. They're entertaining, but I mean... There was, there's, been, there's a new one on Netflix, a remake, but I've not watched it yet. Oh, what, Wrong Turn? Yeah. But terrible. Is it? Has it not got mutants in it? No. It's, it's well, more of a community, fucking weird community, isn't it? Yeah, it's a weird community, living out in the woods, and millennials turn up. Uh, go out into the woods. Uh, the people in the woods have left death traps, and I think they knock a guy over the head at one point. And having like they tie him up round a branch, yeah. And they're walking through the woods of him on a branch, and one of the other millennials attacks him and kills one of the people from the you know the hills, and then one of the other millennials is constantly going. Should we have done that? Are we right? What right have we got to kill these people? What are we doing? And it's like, well, look, they another hamfisted attempt at some political shit. Well, yeah, it's like, well, I think he, he, I feel he was kind of justified. They literally had one of his friends tied round a stick, and they were walking him through the, and then she ends up joining the. Uh, it, I'll be honest with you, it, it ends well. Yeah. The last. Particularly the last... I know this sounds um, like I'm doing them a disservice. The last ten minutes is very good. Yeah. But getting there is... You know, there's a whole bit where she ends up kind of joining the community and they're very much like, you know, we've lived apart by our own laws. But they're not like fucking bloody we're in the original film. No, 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 not at all. I mean, they just want to be left alone. It's kind of like... fucking wrong turn it? Well... Because they still took a wrong turn. I mean, they shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> well, it just seems a bit of a weird... Like, the original's basically the hills of eyes in, in the forest. With greenery. With greenery? Yeah. Do you think the old get a raw deal out of Hollywood? Well... He, even when they're the good guys in Tucker and Dale. They still get, <laughs> they still get a pretty raw deal. I know he gets the girl at the end and everything's fine and they're nice guys. But they're taken as fucking idiots. Yeah, but... That's, it's a fiction, isn't it? You know, I don't. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was black people portrayed that way, they'd be fucking up raw. Yeah, but, but the hillbillies isn't a race of people, Mark. No, is it? No, not... they, they are they are a type of people. No, no, not they really. Are. They're just people that live in the hills. Yeah, and when have you seen a when a, a film where they've been portrayed the, in a good light? But, but horror isn't politically correct, is it? You can't. I don't. Do you know what I mean? It's not um, being horrified. Something trying to horrify you yeah. doesn't. If it's giving a shit about your sensibilities and whether you're going to be offended, it's not really going to fucking. How many horror films can you name where the protagonist is Blackula? Uh, no, I'm not. I wasn't going to say Black. Oh, okay. Well, you say Candyman, didn't you? That one as well, yeah. and the remake. Yeah, and uh, no, I'm talking about like a. Maybe there should be. Is there a is there a horror film where like how many horror films pumpkins go to the city and get butchered by city kids? There's got to be one. Isn't there? That'd be that'd be a good. 
Yeah, but it's what, what, that'd be got, a good idea you got there, Mark. It's Judgment Night, wasn't there? Mm, yeah. that sort of they go in the wrong part of town, kind of. But that, yeah. I suppose Eden Lake. Yeah, they're not, but then they're hillbillies, aren't they? Well, they're really? kind of chavs, aren't they? What you call a chav? Yeah, yeah. I think they live out. Yeah, but they're not. That's a horrible film. It is a horrible film. Yeah, that's that's why the British do it better. But I, I still, human. I still find it a little bit. Is far fetched. Yeah, as realistic as they're trying to make it at the end, I still don't buy it when all the parents kill her. I don't. That's it's just a stretch too far. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Has one of the kids been killed? Yeah. 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 But I think that's the nearest thing to a wrong turn that Britain has done, really. Yeah. But it's better. It's kind of, it was kind of like a hoodie horror, wasn't it, at the time? It was classed as one of them. It was that, that fear of young kids that... Well, they can't be fucking terrified. I know, mate. I, it, as I get older, I find children more and more scary every day. And you ever notice their faces? I never... Young face, it's like they wear masks. Now, they don't look like they have real faces. Children. What are you on about? Children don't look like they have real, f- their faces what? are like masks. What are you talking about? Children. They don't look like. Got- <laughs> they've got no wrinkles or anything, there's no folds. Their faces are just like masks. Well, because they're fucking young. And they don't have any expression. What's, what's wrong with the kids? Why would they look at you and give you an expression that you're fucking nearly 50? Hey, hang on. Well, you're fucking 15 and you are 30. I'm five years away from 50. Thank you, mister. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Can you remember those 45-year-olds when you were fucking fucking 12 and 13? Yeah, their faces look like masks. What? Big, rubbery, weird masks. I don't know. I'm just saying that young people's faces, to me now, don't really look like faces. It looks like they're wearing masks. I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what you I, I, I don't know what you mean. Genuinely, I've, I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean they look like they've got? Masks? Just, what because they're not old. But they, there's no wrinkles or folds or anything yeah, that's like that. Because they're not old, and they never seem to have any expression. But why would they? What expression are you expecting to see out of them? I don't know. When was last time you sat there? When do you I, fucking talk to young people? You I talk to young people all the time. Do you? When you say young people, what, what are you talking? These faceless fucking mask wearing fucking aliens that you're on about. How old are Hang they? Hang on, I didn't say aliens. Yeah, like, well, well, hu- they are human. I'm just Are they? Are you sure? I'm just saying their faces to me look like masks. It look they don't I don't know, know what young... you mean. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? Let's just move on. No no I'm gonna fucking keep hammering this. What do you mean? You do know what, what I mean. Oh, no, I don't know what you mean. Well, I'm speaking English, Mark. Yeah, but what? Their faces. What, what age of kid are you talking about? Generally up to, like, what, 20 now? They they just... They just... Yeah, but when do you ever have a conversation with somebody under 17? I have a niece who is 14. Right, and she looks like she's wearing a mask. Yes. Because she hasn't got any wrinkles. Yeah. So she looks like a child. No, I, no, I. What are you? My niece has facial expressions. Yeah, but they're just their faces. They're so young and new and just, I don't know. Older people because they've made expressions throughout their life. They got through. They've wrinkles. got like wrinkles in that where those expressions have been made. Young people don't have that. It just looks like they all look like they're wearing the Michael Myers mask. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Right, anyway. This doesn't have anything to do with the Hills of Eyes, Mark. No. I do. <laughs> yeah, well, you were talking about Eden Lake, weren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Segway. I, I suppose Attack the Block's got a little bit of that. I don't like that. Oh, that's all right. But it's, it's, it's got, at the beginning, it's a little bit of that. Urban. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think any of the protagonists were that likeable. Well, they weren't supposed to be at the beginning, were they? Cause they, were they weren't like, by oh, the end gang. either. They weren't by the end. They didn't. See, they, in my eyes, they didn't really redeem themselves. They just didn't. Um, who who was the lady in Eden Lake? Because she's amazing. Oh, I don't know. Um, it's Fastbender, isn't it? The guy. Yeah. And Turgoose from This Is England, isn't it? it yeah, the, the lady is in. Um, She's in that Yellowstone TV series. 
Kelly Riley. Kelly Riley, that's it. Kelly Riley. Yeah, she's hot. Eden Lake, Sherlock Holmes, Yellowstone. Yeah, that's it, Sherlock Holmes. There we go. Yeah, so she was in Yellowstone, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I still think fucking Elberley's getting short shrift. No, who cares? Yeah, well, that's it. Wow, it's a whole community of people, man. Yeah, who cares? But then people, people with like, but then, but then you start saying like you can't make films about people. I'm not saying you can't make films. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. Well, but then but if so any other is it because they're the safe and they generally get this fucking displayed as fucking horrible people anyway? Like I don't know that it is always hillbillies, is it? It's generally people that that are isolated from civilization. Yeah. So the idea is that while everyone within a city or a town or a community is developing and keeping up with the times, yeah. the fear is that there are pockets, of, and there are pockets of humanity um, where they're not developing, they're not keeping up with the times, they're just sticking to the old, the old ways. Um, that's the general thing. So over time, if anything, they've become regarded as hillbillies. But I mean, I don't know. I I mean, I'm kind of a hillbilly in that regard. I mean, I, I don't know that we really have them in this country. You know, I grew up on a trailer park. I live in the country. I don't. I don't I'm not that offended by. It. I'm also not offended. Like in the in the past. I may have had the odd mental health issue. I'm not offended when a murderer in a film has got a mental health issue because generally murderers do have mental health issues. Well, they all do, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't be murderers. I mean, how many many horror films have there been that have hinged on what nowadays you could maybe argue is transphobic? Oh, fuck me, loads of them. Yeah. But I mean, I I mean, I I I'm not a trans person. But if I was, I don't think I'd object to that. Well, you, don't, I you mean, can't answer that question because you're not that. Yeah, that. I can. No, you can't. No, I'm just saying if I was. That's like yeah, but that's like saying I oh, I wouldn't be offended by the N word or something if I was black. Well, I would be. Well, <sighs> I would def if I was, I'd be. Outraged. Yeah, but it, it, all right. But you saying you if I think if I was trans, I wouldn't be offended by these films. It's like saying if I was black, I wouldn't be offended. by Or that it's word. like saying I so can't say that. Or it's like saying I've had mental health issues. I don't mind. Yeah, it. but that's your thing. Mental you health is generally portrayed pretty badly. Oh well, yeah, look at Batman. Yeah, but Batman is basically Batman. Batman is Elon Musk beating up. No, he's not fucking Elon Musk, man. It's Elon Musk beating up fucking... Elon Musk wishes he was fucking Batman. Elon Musk is a Bond villain in Waiting. No, that's Jeff Bezos. I think they both are. They're both Bond villains, aren't they? Living in a... Living in a... Living in a hillock. Living in a hillock. Living in a hillock. The hills have eyes. i tell you what did make me laugh. I was, uh, this is from the... the uh, <coughs> this is from my DVD edition of the original 1977-78 Hills of Eyes yeah. uh, from Anchor Bay. And uh, it's just read, these are just like the liner notes in the little book that you get with it. Um, uh, and this guy, th- he wrote it in, what, uh, this is David Flint who wrote it in August 2003. <coughs> Uh, Craven had clearly learned from the problems faced with Last House this time around, and although The Hills of Eyes would be a savage, violent, and thoroughly modern horror film, his villains this time were more outrageous and less recognisably human than Last House's Krug and Company. What's more, Craven was careful not to add any sexual element to the movie. It was the blurring of sex and violence which had caused Last House so many problems. I mean, there is a rape in The Hills of Eyes, isn't there? I mean, I'm not... I mean, I know we did say earlier it was kind of subtle, but... So this guy... Doesn't think there's any... I mean... 
I mean, there's no overt sexual violence, but I mean, they they well, they seriously menace Brenda in the back bedroom, don't they? I mean, there's yeah. no. You know. I think menace is. <laughs> well, yeah, right, they, yeah. yeah. Or, well, or, uh, this is main uh So in this same booklet, there's like a one of the, there's a poster of like what what would have been one of the lobby stills. Right, okay? okay, so um, say back in 1978. You went to the cinema. This would have been one of the things hanging up in the foyer. Yeah. And you may not have even been going to watch The Hills of Eyes. You may have been going to watch, like, the latest Disney film or whatever. It's not, not the picture of the bloke eating the bird, is it? No, no, no. It's only words, Mark. They only use words. But you, you go into the foyer. You've got your kids. You're going to go and watch a Disney film or something. You're going to go watch Star Wars, I reckon. Well, that was... Yeah, it was still been on around. Yeah. It could have been going to watch Star Wars. And there's a poster in there that says, The Hills of Eyes, they kidnapped the baby. What? They kidnapped the baby. They burned the father. They raped the sister. They killed the mother. And they're coming to your theatre. I don't think they thought that through. I think they did, because that is awesome. You don't get advertising like that anymore. No, that no, that no. would terrify you. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Mum, Dad, I want to go. There's, there's, they kidnap kid the baby, they rape the sister. Yeah. Imagine being servant of sex and just learning to read. What does that word mean, man? Yeah. <laughs> what, does, what, does rape burn the, what does rape the sister mean? <laughs> Can you explain that to me, Dad? You know, we were going to watch Bambi. Uh, I want to know what this sign says. Marketing was way better back then. That was way worse. I, I don't know. I that was genius. Anyway, on that note, <laughs> is there anything else you want to add to the hills of eyes before we uh, wrap this up? Uh, no, I did want. Uh, no, I, I haven't got anything else to say about the hills of eyes. I did just want to say, uh, um. Like a, a, can I do like a little plug of something that I'm really enjoying at the moment, and yeah, our listeners might enjoy. Um, going back to comics, yeah, there's a really, really good horror horror comic out at the moment called Red Room. Yeah. Um, Quick synopsis. It's basically uh, uh, a very modern take on kind of modern technology in how. Uh, with cryptocurrency in the dark web and how modern technology is, it'd be very, very easy, you know, or in your, the premise of this comic, very easy to have online murder rooms where people kill people. Like hostel. Basically like hostel, but uh, yeah. Uh, people watch it, paying Bitcoin or, or whatever cryptocurrency and uh, watch horrific acts of violence. Um, it's a black and white comic, but it is really kind of hardcore. It's so detailed. The gore is, like, mental. And what's this called? The comic is called Red Room, and it's by Ed Piscor. Okay, what else has he done? Uh, he did uh, Hip Hop Family Tree. Um, that was really good. That was basically looking at... Uh, the roots of hip hop music, um, and he was kind of doing it in the style of like old Marvel comics, right? Um, but it's really good. It's basically just a story of hip hop, dif- you know, different hip hop artists back in the day. Um, and he's also done a few things for Marvel. He's, he did um, Grand Designs, X Men Grand Designs, which was kind of a condent. It was basically taking all the X Men history over the years and condensing it down into a shorter kind of narrative. Um, Red Room, it, it, I think, is the best thing he's done so far. Um, it's real sort of splatterpunk, nasty. Kind, Some of it kind of lingered with me a bit. And, you know, for a comic to do that, it's worth recommending. So that's Red Room by Ed Piscor. And that's your recommendation of the week? That is my recommendation. Are we of... have recommendations of the week now? Well, that was my recommendation of this week. I don't we need know some features, man. We need some what? We need some features. But that was a feature. It was just our first feature. I'll do a jingle for it. Do, do, do. Recommend... <laughs> Jamie's recommendation of the week. Yeah, Red Room. 
Right. Um, Should we call it a day? Yeah, we can do that. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, uh, and uh, thanks for the feedback to everyone who, if you get this far into this one, thanks for listening last week and thanks for listening this week. And thanks for the feedback and keep it coming. Yeah, keep listening. Keep listening <laughs> and keep giving us feedback because there's probably some stuff that we've got wrong and you're going to tell us. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Jamie and Fortune's Beat Max Dungeon.